And from the world of AV programming and control with James King, I'm Steve Greenblatt, and this is Ask the Programmer. James, another great time for us to talk about programming, and I'm glad to be with you today. Always glad to be with you, Steve, and another good topic here. I, uh, this one I think is going to make people cringe a little. Um, I think, I don't think anybody likes documentation, but it's such an important part of what we do. And it's often overlooked because it's tedious and it's not always a programmer's favorite thing to do, but it's just what part of life, let's say, and it's part of having a successful EV system. And, and I feel like it, it's kind of like surprising to me when I see how much is done and how, how many organizations overlook the value of good documentation because AV systems, they're, they're not just something that you do and then you never have to go back and revisit, whether it's for service, whether it's to update or just understand what, what it is that you have. You need some type of a way of of, of, of reference. So James, I, I know that you're involved in your, your organization, uh, in, in really not only programming, but also kind of managing the, the health of your systems and, and really knowing, um, all the details of, of what makes something functional. Um, why don't you share a little bit about where documentation comes in? Uh, thank you, Steve. Yeah, documentation, it's one of those things where I kind of chop it up to um, like inventory. No one wants to do it, but it's always the most key element of a business, making sure your inventory is accurate and your documentations are accurate. Um, so we do have a knowledge-based system that we use that I make sure we throw up our documentation in. And this can range from a simple, just a page that says, this is what the systems, the system should be doing to full wire diagrams, um, backed up code versions and troubleshooting steps. So if this is going wrong, this is what you need to do, especially in our high profile spaces. Um, so these documentations are very vital um, because if you don't have those and your techs are out in the field, you know, supporting an event or something's going on and what they're going to do, if they don't have documentation, nothing to fall back on, your phone's ringing. And it could be, you know, a Saturday afternoon or Sunday night, or you could be on vacation, but your phone's ringing. And that's, we don't want that. We got to get into a life balance with work. Um, I am a workaholic, so I don't mind my phone ringing, but also I know the importance of having that documentation there that the users or our support staff can go to and handles things on their own. Yeah, I, I think that last part is is the most critical, quite honestly, is that, you know, everybody talks about what happens if you get hit by a bus, you know, we never really want to have to worry. We never really want to have to know what, you know, what happens, but you, you don't want, 
someone to have all the knowledge in their head. And, and I think what that's essentially what you're saying uh, is that, you know, and, and it's good, good management in general is that you, you need to be able to have a centralized place so that everyone can, can be in the know. Um, plus also that the knowledge uh, and the experience of one person and uh, it does not take down the rest of the organization because they're the only one that knows and you can't get in touch with them for one reason or another. So that, I think that's a perfect point. I, now I think, think there, the, the whole idea of documentation can, can like span the, the gamut. So um, as you mentioned, when I, I, when I work with projects and, and we tend to work with larger, more complex systems, I expect that there's going to be a, 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 a wiring diagram, some way that we know how everything's connected because that's what you need for programming and if you, you know, need to know your ins and outs. But, but a tech, when something doesn't, when something goes wrong, I think that without some, some type of a diagram is kind of like driving without a map. I don't see how they can, they can essentially know where to even start to troubleshoot. Um, but, but then you could also get into some of those nuances like um, this system works this way. And so it, it's no longer subjective as to how, what, what is a bug and what isn't a bug because you're saying, this is the way it's intended to work. Um, and, and then lastly, like you said too, all of the little um, like frequently asked questions or um, even just the acquired knowledge and experience with, we found this in the field this one time and hey, let's not, it's good. It's okay to put in the time that and, and um, spin your wheels once, but let's not have to do it again. So, uh, you know, that all those things are, are so valuable. What, are there, do you have any recommendations or, or any ways that you think that uh, documentation has worked well for you? Because just having the documents in a folder is, you know, of course, one way, you know, it's better than nothing, but, but then there's also other types of tools or ways to, to uh, make that even more effective. Um. I would say that probably the best advice with documentation I would give is especially if you're creating a document either for your end users or your technicians is put the document in their hands, step away and let them provide feedback. Uh, just like our code, like when you set up a UI and stuff, you know how it's working. If you create the documentation and you're telling the user, well, this does this, this does that, they're kind of listening as they're looking and they may not fully grasp everything. But if you sit there and go, here's the documentation and you step away and go almost like figure it out. And then they come back to you and go, you know, this didn't make sense. You can sit there and go, okay, why didn't? Okay, let's fix it so it makes sense. Because if the, your users or your technicians aren't making sense of your documentation or if they feel it's too cumbersome or too long, they're not going to read it. And that phone's ringing anyway. So with that said, uh, have you thought of, and, you know, cause I, I use this in, in my business and not, not necessarily in the programming side of it, but just in, 
the you know we we have standard operating procedures. So sometimes we'll record a video and we'll say that this is the way something should work. Um, have you ever tried any non um, print or non um, not non uh, word um, you know uh, specific way non text that, that's the word I'm looking for uh, way of documenting documenting I so I've never actually thought about doing videos um, it's definitely an interesting take I do more I make sure I do a lot of screenshots. So if I'm talking about what's going on in a room, I'll have a picture of each page UI and a layout of what the buttons do. And then, or even if we have a movable equipment, like some of our spaces have movable podiums, what cable plugs in where on the floor box or the wall plate, the color codes, what they mean, um, things like that. So I'll definitely put a lot of screenshots. Never thought about doing videos. Um, that's an interesting take. I might have to add that to my repertoire. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a, it's a great way for, to kind of communicate an experience because trying to write down the words, you know, they, I guess it goes back to the picture is worth a thousand words. So, you know, and, and it probably can get done a lot quicker if you're, if you're comfortable, you know, to talking somebody through something. And sometimes it doesn't even have to be that formal and it could be, could be really powerful rather than trying to describe something I, that, that that's what we've done um, at, in times. Uh, the other, the other thing, you know, before we wrap up is, and we've talked about this on past episodes is documenting not only your code with comments, but also your revisions. Uh, and, and I know that in, with, my team, we, we have uh, uh, a source management tool that we use where we check in and out code and we can, can um, capture the, the revisions and, and even incremental updates. And it's just really valuable both for backups, but also to be able to demonstrate progress and be able to have something like an old version in case a new version for some reason doesn't work or, you know, prove to, to uh, be faulty, you have something to fall back on. Um, how, how, what type of advice would you give somebody uh, that is looking to establish something like that? Um, definitely do it. Uh, it's very key. <laughs> um, I've been on the wrong side of that. So learn from my errors and definitely set that up right away and learn how to fully do it because having backup code and revisions are key so you're not dead in the water in situations and starting over um, but your documentation going back to topic of to documentation is should clearly define that process of Okay, here is where the code uh, doc, uh, folder is, wherever the, you're saving your code to. Here's the revisions. Um, here's the recover if you need to go roll back to uh, old version. So your documents need to be clear on those as well of what to do and how to handle those. And definitely, uh, 
I mean, even if you set up a folder on your computer and then just like an archive folder and once a month drop it out and do like a version one or even do the version October, version November, this way at least you have ways to go back to recover from issues that you might cause yourself. One thing that I'll, I'll say, and I'm not um, really involved so much in writing code these days, but, but I would, I think being verbose in your documenting within your code is also important in case somebody has to go in and, and take a look and, and uh, being able to, to step in so that you're not the only one that knows how your code is written uh, can be also very valuable. It goes back to the beginning of our conversation. You don't want to be the only one that has the knowledge. So, and, and the, and if you're not available, the, the, uh, the project uh, or the situation can't be handled. Uh, so I, I, what I would ask uh, for those of you out there, please let us know what you think about this idea and how, but what, what are some tips and tricks that you use for documentation and also uh, what, what are your feelings toward uh, actually having to do the documentation? So it's, uh, I, I know that it, it's not everyone's favorite, so, uh, but, but I think that it's something that, that can be a real difference maker and can, can save you from, from, so for, from some real danger. Um, James, if you have any final words, um, uh, please uh, share that. And also uh, in wrapping up, let everyone know how to reach out to you. Sure. Um, as I kind of mentioned with documentation, it's one of those things everyone hates, but it's very key to do it. So don't half it. Make sure if you're going to do it, you do it right because uh, it's going to save you time in the end. Um, and headaches in the end as well. But as always, you can reach me on Twitter, AV underscore James King, LinkedIn, uh, James King. I do write for the digital magazine, higheredav.org uh, or dot com, sorry, hepmas.org. And then um, I do the column IT and AV. And for me, you can reach me on social media at Steve Greenblatt. Um, also, I'm, I'm pretty uh, focused on LinkedIn and Twitter primarily. I also do some writing for AV Technology at avnetwork.com and also my company blog at controlconcepts.net. Uh, with that, uh, we hope to hear from you and we look forward to receiving some feedback both on this show and uh, any future questions or ideas that you have for us to be discussing and we look forward to continuing the conversation until next time. This has been ask the programmer.